Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Hello and welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. I'm sitting here next to my beautiful wife, Angelique. And this is rare. We haven't been able to do this lately. And our goal is always to bring you stuff that is timely and really things that you're feeling, both as a family, in, in business, and just the world. And there was a particular Instagram live that I watched a couple of days ago, and I came out and immediately said to Angelique, I said, you have to hear this. Mm-hmm. And what did you think? Well, of course, I was like, of course, that's Megan. And I was, I, it didn't surprise me that uh, that she would be doing a live like this. But I was just, I felt really proud um, of her and grateful that there was someone else kind of standing in solidarity of what we were feeling as well in the world. And, um, you know, it's interesting because this is such a, such a time right now for so many people that are feeling um, the heaviness of the world, the anxiousness of the world, freedom slipping away. And um, especially in a leadership position, you kind of, you feel that you're riding this line of, do I stay neutral and and try to rise above it and just kind of focus on what we're supposed to focus on. Cause we've always been told just to sort of stay out of things. And, and then there's this innate part of our spirit that is going absolutely no, like this is, you know, an Esther time where we have to rise up and we have to say things um, that, that go against the grain because things, things need change and they don't change through silence. As a matter of fact, we only give um, the enemy more foothold when we do. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to introduce, um, whom I consider my Instagram friend, um, Megan Valentine, who's best-selling author. She's a transformation coach. Um, and you've got a community of women that you you coach and you train and you move towards, you know, building communities and brands that um, are speaking to their gifts. But like us here, where you're a mom of three. And we know that balancing all of those things um, means that you're also feeling the weight of this world um, in a way that affects them, you know, affects them in yeah. the future. So I'm grateful to be able to introduce you here, Megan. Thank you for being on the Turned On podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you this morning. Oh, well, I'm going to jump right into it then. What struck me first is you started off this this live saying that um, you were losing sleep and you were waking up sometimes in the middle of the night and your heart was beating fast. And sometimes you were just waking up in the morning before your alarm even went off. And Immediately, that's what I resonated with, because we know sleep is important, obviously, for our health. But I'm at this stage right now where I've woken up from the baby in the middle of the night. And really, and then (laughs) (laughs) but I I resonated with that because as soon as I woke up, it was something like that. As soon as I woke up and normally you want to just go right back into sleep and I would have a thought pop into my head, a thought about politics or a thought about the vaccination or a thought about just where the world is heading. 
And then I went right into this kind of wormhole where I wouldn't, my mind wouldn't allow my body to rest. And I would sit there going, is it too early to just wake up? Mm-hmm. You know, I'd look at the clock, I'm like, it's 3.30. If it were five, maybe I'd just get up and start my day. So let's start there with that feeling, Megan. Yeah, and I think um, all the feedback that I got is that there's many of us feeling that right now. Um, even if we're trying to go through the motion all day long of all the things that you know we need to do as as entrepreneurs, as employees, as parents, as you know, we're doing all the things, but there is this like subconscious chaos going on inside of us, and so it becomes really hard to lay still or lay quiet. And then it's so easily like that's where anxiety sneaks up on you. The minute that I wake up, no matter what time of night it is, there's like no going back down. Sometimes I just have to pace and pray and like choose to turn those worries into prayers, right? Um, But wow, is it something that the world is feeling, not just mentally, but also affecting us physically? Yeah. Yeah. And, And then, you know, what you think about is it's detrimental. So here you are saying, well, I got to lead my family. I got to continue working. And then this cycle becomes, well, I didn't get good sleep from the night before. Or we know that stress is, is really detrimental to our immune system. Mm -hmm. So then it's Mm -hmm. that, well, geez, if I'm not getting sleep and I'm stressful, then I'm making it even worse. So it becomes this kind of compounding circling wind. And that's what you got into next. You said, I just can't stay silent anymore. You said, I, I have to speak. And you specifically said, look, I'm not speaking on behalf of a company or my neighborhood or my extended family. I'm speaking on behalf of myself. And that's where it's important because so often we are in this culture, we call it a cancel culture or whatever it is, that we're so afraid to say anything because one person might not agree with it that we stay silent. Where does your courage come from or had you just had enough? Um, I, I had just had enough. I think it, you know, it was already starting to boil in there. Like I kind of mentioned, I, I reference it as like my inner hurricane, you know, that would kind of swell through certain things. Um, and it, like many people, you know, it's like trying to find this balance of like, how do I stay informed and how do I also not like feed the stress and yeah. how do I like get the information that I need and pretend, you know, instead of pretending like it's not happening. Cause I think sometimes, especially spiritual people in the name of like, protecting my peace or guarding my heart. They live under a rock. And I just was like, I cannot do that. Like I am a positive person. I, I want to help. Um, but also I, I can't stay silent anymore. And at what I was realizing, I think I have that little bit of like justice gene in me, you know, and I just was noticing like, we're heading in this wrong direction quickly. And if we can, if the good people continues to stay silent, like what is going to happen and what haunts me. And I know you guys probably resonate with this. What haunts me is like, my kids are watching me through all of this and they're going to know what, what effort I made or did not make, you know, to help make a difference and create the world that they're going to live in. And I just was like, whether I can or can't make a difference, I can't control, but I can decide how I'm going to show up. And I think some of my personal anxiety was really stemming from um, the, the incongruency of like feeling like I could be myself and share my opinions in person, but not online. And like, I, I hate the idea that I have to feel like I'm a vulnerable, transparent person. I don't want to feel like I have to make myself look a certain way online. And there was this pressure to do that. And even people directly that were telling me, you know, because, you know, you, you have influence here, you can't say this, you can't do this. And I think I'd finally just had enough with these last few mandates and me 
seeing people like be threatened with their jobs, their careers, their, you know, their lives uh, to be forced to do something they didn't want to do. I think I just had had enough. You know, the Bible tells us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I was like, I don't think I'm waking up in the morning anymore with just anxiety about me. Like I felt like a mandate of it go now. It, you have to speak. Wow. That is, it's so powerful. And I actually did a podcast on this just uh, recently where, especially, you know, when you feel, cause I resonate entirely with what you're saying. Um, and you still have to show up, right. You still have to show up online. You still have to lead people in business and, in, and influence in your, in your sphere or your group. And there's like two ways that you can fall. And one way is to fall in that kind of over-spiritualized, you know, piece where you're just like, I'm going to just be apathetic, essentially. How This is how it shows up. It just looks apathetic and almost out of touch with what's going on. You're like, the world is burning. And you're talking about something like that. Just, it just makes me go, yeah. what are, what rock are you living under? So that feels irresponsible. And then where I tend to swing, and it's probably where you were, was in this hurricane of shutting down like you just you end up shutting down and then you end up almost not doing anything so you have to find yourself standing in the gap which is what jesus did he cuts through everything um but essentially if not you're holding it in your cells that doesn't that's not good for anyone and again just like you referenced in proverbs we have to be a voice for the voiceless and if we don't do that what is it that we allow to slip in? What is it that we allow to gain a foothold? What is it that we're allowing? And we have to do it for our families and our children, that example in those generations. So I'm just, I really appreciate um, the fact that you did that because you, you realized, you know, there's only so much that I can tolerate like this. And again, you're not speaking to one specific group. You speak for yourself and therefore you're speaking for those that are afraid to. Yeah. And I think that's what the world needs more of. Um, frankly, there's, there's too much apathetic influence out there, uh, that says something in private, but in public won't say it at all. And that to me is almost like a spiritual identity crisis. You know, it's like you're showing up, it's all, it's all the incongruency that they talk about not, not right. doing like be authentic, be yourself, be unapologetic. And then you're like, wait, 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 where <laughs> At what point did we not cross over into this, you know, population or yeah. subject? We have got to be consistent with that message. And by being consistent, that means we, we, we have to draw, you know, we have to cross over a boundary that perhaps might ruffle some feathers. And I'm just, I'm glad that you did. I'm well, Megan, this is, you know, it's important. Let me ask you this, Megan, you know, the rule of thumb that we were raised on and that you were probably adhering to during this, you know, the last two years almost now, um, the rule of thumb was always don't talk religion or politics, you know, leave. And that is what we were taught and it works. But there comes a time where we're being made to feel like we're in the minority and that nobody feels like you do. So my question to you is what was the reaction to that live? What were some of the responses that you got either good or bad? Um, yeah, I, I felt like I don't know if you ever do this and you kind of like step out in obedience, right? Because the Bible actually says like to know the good you ought to do, but not to do it is sin. And I felt like I was knowing this good that I was supposed to be doing. And it was actually wrong for me to, to stay silent. Now that's a personal conviction. Like mm -hmm. you have to sort that out yourself. But I just got to this point where I was like, I, I know that I'm speaking on the behalf of enough people where whatever feedback comes in, I finally feel ready for that. And to be honest, like, I think there was like, 
three pieces of negative feedback and I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of messages. I mean, there's probably over a thousand comments just on the, the video um, between Instagram and Facebook, but the direct messages that came in of people's story, yeah. of how they felt silenced, of how you know they've been willing to walk away from their careers because they believe this, but how they've been afraid of cancel culture too and just all of that. And I think that's what happens when you're able to speak the truth in love. And that's probably the biggest thing that's on my heart right now, because yeah. I think some of us, we feel we're so passionate. We're, to be honest, quite triggered. And so the way we show up can be a bit loud, pretty aggressive. And so immediately people are like, whoa, whoa, I can't handle that energy. I can't handle that. Um, even if what we're saying is true, like the way we're coming at it is shutting people down. And so my goal was, listen, let me connect with you on a level of like, where we're the same and we're the same in, we know something's not okay. We know something's wrong. We don't know what to do about it. We feel afraid to say something. Um, I'm not gonna be pro this or anti that. I just have to speak for freedom. And I think me and you are the same and we both want this. And I think for whatever reason, and I, I just like, I pray before I gotta <laughs> press that live button, we all get scared, right? We're like, okay, just do it, you know? Um, but I just was like, my goal was just, God, let people just hear me because I think that they're, they're right there. And so the feedback was just, thank you. I, I needed this. I needed to know I wasn't alone. I needed the fact that they could see everybody else's feedback and realize they're not a minority, realize that there are people everywhere that are feeling like them, that are also sacrificing or that are willing to sacrifice. I mean, that's courage is contagious, right? When one brave man or woman stands up, it, it stiffens the spines of others, right? And so we have to be willing to do that and know that the positive will far outweigh the negative if you come at it in love. Yeah, you can't really call yourself a leader and not lead. And I've seen some people with huge followings right now saying, you know, at the cost of losing people, this is too important. And from a business standpoint, I've said this, if you lose your freedom or if we lose, if we lose capitalism, we are in the business where the first thing that socialism or communism will do is strip people of ambition. We're all the same. We're all going to make the same. You're all going to be happy. You're not really, but it strips people of ambition. And so we'll see this trickle into our businesses. If we don't speak up now, there will be a time when your business will go away. You used a Bible verse, which I love talking about. It is time for us to do something. The secular world tends to go to the famous quote by Edmund Burke, which says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and certainly women to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's powerful. And that's why you and Angelique and every other person out there right now, I say has a biblical responsibility to speak. Mm -hmm. But what you said was so key, Megan, in love because, um, and there's been times in my flesh, like the, the nature of our flesh is, again, like you wanna combat it something. So it almost comes in, it's a righteous anger but it can come at people, especially that don't have the same convictions yet um, as an attack. And all we're doing at that point in time is actually giving the enemy um, more fuel. You're, you're actually giving, you're, you're actually on the wrong side, even though your side is, is, is for God and to do the right thing and to and have it in righteous anger and justice. Like you said, sometimes the reaction in the, the flesh of the people that you're speaking to or at um, only fuels more division, fuels more hate, fuels more anger. And that's the problem. So what you did so beautifully and what um, I'm 
really try, I always try to be really cognizant of this is, and I have to sometimes, you know, cause as a, as a, you know, him as a man, like the nature of a man is a little bit more, you know, aggressive. And I'm like, oh, you, no. think? Pump, <laughs> you know, I got to tell him to pump the brakes. I'm like, okay, I, I totally hear where you're coming from. As a matter of fact, you and I don't disagree on this, but what I'm telling you is to go out of rounded at this angle, just the way that Jesus did, you know, he, and he would kneel down and draw a line in the sand. No one knows what he doodled in the sand, but we knew that he had to think first before he spoke and ask those questions to convict people of their own sin. So it's just a, a really important strategy, if you will, um, in times like this that you did so beautifully. Well, I, I love it. And I, and I go back to the notes that I took on it because there's so many important points that you touched on. It wasn't just I'm losing sleep. It wasn't just what we're all feeling you you spoke in depth about the mental health crisis that's stemming from this and those are some of the things we're not seeing we pay attention to the amount of people who are going to addiction certainly depression certainly suicide Mm -hmm. and then i want you to speak on this megan we look at this in our own house and like angelique just said I get caught up in it. As a man, I want to take out my sword like Peter did and start swinging it at the Roman soldiers. (laughs) But I've realized this, and Angelique has pointed this out. She goes, look at what it's doing to your girls. And I'll be honest with you, there's been times where we've had, we've worried about the neighbors hearing us because we are so stressed out. I have yelled at the girls. Mm -hmm. And, And then you realize there's this guilt that comes. And we can't be in a stressful society, especially when you're homeschooling and you want to protect your kids. So when we go back to the biblical part, you know, God wanted to protect Adam and Eve in the garden. He didn't want them to see all that evil. And and then all of a sudden they sinned and they were naked and afraid. So much like God, we want to protect our children and not want them to see the evils of the world, but yet life is happening in our homes and these young children see it. They're like, let's stop talking about it. And so we have this conundrum. Do we protect them here or do we tell them, hey, this is what's going on in the world. So when mom and dad are super stressed, look, grandma and poppy are 82 and they've never seen anything like this. So how have you dealt with the mental part of that? What have you seen? Yeah, well, you know, that's a big part of why my heart breaks. So I, at the age of 16, um, my cousin who was like my brother took his life on my 16th birthday. That, that was a before and after moment for me. And I think I found my, my, my rock and my foundation at a really young age, right? So I decided at that point, I, I could no longer live for the things of this world because they didn't fulfill him. That's where he ended up. I'm going to pursue, um, you know, the Lord and, and doing it his way. But from that point on, I had such a passion for teenagers, I knew that people needed, they needed to be heard. They needed to be seen. And so I spent the next 20 years in youth ministry, okay? Spending time with teenagers. Uh, so my, my thoughts are always there. Um, and right now, I can't imagine what they're growing up in, the amount of division, that the steady access of having their phone in their hand at all times with, depending on what button they're pressing, just feeding them with some kind of information. And so as parents, we have a responsibility right now. And this is, it's so hard. Like it, 
youth ministry was my thing, but having teenage daughters like in my house, that's like a whole nother thing. But I've always learned, and I'm sure you guys do too, but like if you have to lead yourself before you can worry about leading anybody else, right? And so I feel like this particular season is requiring of us because we only have this much capacity. And when we're stressed and when we're triggered and when all this stuff is going on, our capacity gets limited, right? And so we have to be filling our cup more than normal because it is spilling out and overflowing constantly. So I feel like um, I personally have to make more decisions to take more deep breaths, to take more mom timeouts, to take a quick walk around the block because I don't want to carry the weight of the world, not just because, you know, Jesus said to cast my care upon him, but also like, I don't want to put that on my kids. I don't, I don't want to be short with them. I don't want to be fighting with my husband all because really it's the things outside that are emptying my cup, you know? And so I have a responsibility to lead myself well in this season. And then I think it depends on the ages of your kids. Like what I talk about with my 16 year old isn't the same as with my 11 year old, right? So at 16, I'm, I'm showing them some TikToks. I'm showing them some key things to give them information and to help them. I have one who totally shares our views and is passionate about it. She's the one who keeps kind of getting illegally quarantined, right? And watches her classmates, you know, not. Um, whereas my middle one, she has lots of questions. And she's like, I don't know, you guys seem pretty opinionated about this. And you seem really, you know, and so I'm curious and I ask her questions. And with my little one, we don't talk about it as much, but we spend time praying about it together. We pray for our president. We pray for the righteous to stand up. We pray that all of us wouldn't be stressed, but that we could trust God. So you have to look at it kind of as different levels, but I don't want to shield them. I want them to know how wonderful our freedom is and that that's what we're fighting for. But you also don't want to um, be broadcasting fear to them. We want to broadcast trust, right? Yeah. Mm, so good. And especially with, uh, you know, if we, we have to look at statistics, they're important, you know, and I'm looking at a statistic right here to give you a frame of reference. It says weekly visits to emergency rooms for suspected suicides among 12 to 17 year olds jumped nearly 40% yeah. in February. You know, the CDC says emergency rooms visits for suspected attempts jumped nearly 51% for girls. Yeah. Okay. This is serious. The psychiatric, psychiatric emergency room visits in Florida hospitals jumped 31%. We're not making this up. And when we talk about mental health, I don't know how comfortable you are, but you mentioned your, your child in school. And that was one of the things that you mentioned is when they have to come home and we're disrupting their education. It's, it's my thought and strong belief that the entire education system needed a rehaul. What we're seeing now is kids going back to school and they're not gonna be graduating at the same age at the same time because they're all on different levels now. But speak to what you kind of mentioned the other day about your child having to come home and disrupt their whole thing, their, their yeah. whole flow. Yeah. And, and my biggest thing is this, like, I just, you know, not coming at it from even a belief standpoint, let's just talk logic for just a second. Right. So the problem that I have is that the science is showing us that we all get the virus vaccinated, unvaccinated. We all get it. We all spread the virus. Right. So my confusion is when my daughter goes to school, number one, our governor issued a mandate that says you cannot ask kids to wear masks. You cannot make them. You cannot enforce that. So my child has every right to show up to school without a mask on and to be in her class. But if somebody in her class tests positive for COVID, then everyone in the class gets an email, right? Your child has come in close contact with someone. 
But if they've been wearing a mask, they can keep coming to school. If they're vaccinated, they can keep coming to school, even though they potentially have it and are spreading it. You know how close the, the hallways haven't changed. The lockers haven't changed. Kids are rubbing up close to each other. So only the kids who don't wear masks and aren't vaccinated have to stay home for 10 days. On day six, they can test. And if they're, pop, if they're negative, they can come back on day eight. So no matter what, even if she's negative, she has to stay home from a week of school. And there is not the online learning opportunity that is within the classroom. So it's not like she can go home and press play and watch the class. That's not made available because these teachers aren't paid anymore to try to facilitate education to the kids that are being quarantined. So she is not getting an equal right to education at all. And she is a student that has worked really hard to have a 4.0 GPA. She is driven and ambitious. So, to, I mean, she doesn't miss school. She's not, she's not one of those kids. Like, so to force her to like have to stay home, you're kind of bullying these kids into wanting to be vaccinated just to not have the pressure of being pointed out. It's all clear who the vaccinated, unvaccinated kids are because these are the ones not showing up. It's, it's just not right. And it's 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 what it's doing. It's, it's showing kids segregation. What that looks like. It's disrupting their their friends. Um, it's disrupting their psychological pattern. Kids need a rhythm. Kids function best when they have a routine, and we're disrupting that routine. And like you said, there's no option. So after eight days, it's like, well, now I feel like I'm behind because I just missed eight days. Yeah. And we don't have a plan B for this or even a plan A. And I think we're putting the cart before the horse. And that's what's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, and, and it's hard to know what to do as a parent. I know a lot of parents are feeling really helpless. I mean, if I'm in a state where I we did some research and the governor has sent letters to our school district saying what you're doing is illegal, you need to stop. Well, so what am I supposed to do? We've been in pursuit for three weeks to create a lawsuit against the school district but it's hard finding a lawyer, right? So at this point, we're trying to figure out like, what do you do? So I can't imagine how many people are feeling helpless out there right now. It's, well, I mean, you don't have to go far to see what's happening. And, you know, the amount of videos alone online of parents standing up at, uh, you know, at the, at the district level. And yeah. it's almost like they're just, it's just there. I mean, they're just, they give them their two minutes, but then it, nothing changes. And and I think that's probably the scariest part of, you know, talking about freedom um, is, okay, so we're going to still give you your right to talk, but it's going to fall on deaf ears. It doesn't make a difference at all. And, and what we're seeing is the new segregation. What we're seeing is a new discrimination. Um, and we're, we're just creating a new narrative, a new divide. Uh, and it's, it's frightening, honestly, it's frightening. Um, but, you know, you, we've kind of touched on this for earlier, but it, you mentioned it in your, in your live that, um, you know, about protecting your own heart, you know, uh, that some people would rather just, you know, not hear about it or ignore it or, you know, just bring it up. And, you know, my question to you and, and all of our listeners is, when has that ever worked, right? Like, when has just, and again, it's, you know, about our inner peace and stuff, but when has that ever worked, just historically? So I want you to kind of bring up why that was so important for you um, to kind of you know, rearrange that, if you will, and, and speak to, you know, what we say. Historically. Well, let me frame, let me frame that when you say historically, because there's, there is something to protecting your heart, like from the news, there's yes, certain protecting absolutely. your heart from social media and your mind. Yes. But we're talking about historically, when has ignoring tyranny has ignoring yeah. communism ever worked in history? 
And, you know, I go back to in World War II, Great Britain was like, hey, you know what? That guy that's invading Belgium and, and France and all, we're just, we're going to hang out here. It's not us. That's their problem. And eventually it shows up on your door. Megan, I compare it to a fire. If your neighbor's house was on fire, would you go, oh, honey, the neighbor's house is on fire and wait till that fire got to your front door to say, maybe we better do something about it? Exactly. And um, I think the biggest thing I wanted to reframe for people is this is like, so I'm sure you've heard us talk about like the and life, right? Like I can be a mom and a wife, right? I can be a business owner and homeschool my kids. Is it chaos? Yes. Okay. But I can do it. I, there's a belief that I can live in the end. Well, I can protect my heart and protect my home. I don't, it's a false choice. I don't have to choose one. And actually what I found is my heart was so much more at peace when I was honoring that, you know, belief inside of me and giving it a voice. And I did want to say this, Angelique, because um, it can feel really discouraging when people are speaking up and not seeing results, right? But can I just tell you the amount of messages that flooded my inbox because the news doesn't show you when people rise up and changes are made. They're not gonna let you see that people are making a difference. And so don't stop, like I'm not stopping pursuing this lawsuit. I'm not gonna stop protesting. I'm not gonna stop gathering other parents. It can feel defeating. Like, what do I really wanna risk, you know, broadcasting how I feel if it doesn't make a difference anyway. But I mean, it's when I was in Hawaii, I, I literally like I was talking to a friend and she said, oh, no, they didn't. The news didn't show it. But when this Hawaii school mandated the vaccine, 60 percent of the teachers didn't show up the next day and they couldn't run school. They had to go back and change policy. They don't show you that. But that is happening around our country. Like people are saying, you know, the hospitals are short staffed because there's so many COVID patients. No, the hospitals are short staffed because the nurses are walking out rather than be forced to this mandate. You know, the National Guard is having to come into some of these hospitals. So they don't show us those things. They're not gonna show the minority rising up and winning. Um, but I say all that to say like, for me, I had to get out of this idea of protecting and guarding my heart was just pretending it's not happening. That wasn't actually helping my heart at all or my anxiety or anything. What, what it was doing was, okay, when I can be honest and open and spend some time journaling and spend some time praying and spend some time with my burdens and feel it and acknowledge it and acknowledge the, the magnitude of it. Like I just had a, a trauma um, therapist reach out to me and just said, hey, I just watched your video. And I just wanted you to know like what we're experiencing right now is high level trauma. We have to acknowledge this fear and this stress that we're feeling. Um, it's more likely to, to overtake us if we don't acknowledge it. So protecting your heart and guarding your heart is actually in acknowledging it and finding your place and your role in the middle of it all. That's so powerful. Um, you know, because you think of even in our in the secular world and the work that can be done is sometimes we'll write things down and crumble them up and put it in the middle of a table. And I'm like, but I don't know if that really addresses anything because it's still there. We didn't sit with it. We didn't work with it. Um, you know, when we look at to the Bible, it's like, it actually speaks directly to the evil. It'll speak straight to the demon. It'll call it out. It'll it tell exactly where, you know, where it needs to go um, and address it. You know, and I think it's really important for us to address those things because you said, because by internalizing it and quote unquote, protecting it is actually not in doing anything. It, it becomes reclusive. Um, and again, intercellular where we hold something that's unresolved in our body. We're holding something unresolved in our mind, in, you know, in trauma, in cells, in our, 
and you know, in our gut, in our spirit. And essentially we don't get a chance to face um, evil head on the way that we are, we are taught, we are told and the Bible teaches us, you know, how to actually arm ourselves and how to fight back and what words to use. And, and those words can be done in your private prayer life, but they can also be done in, in, in public where we do broadcast it in a way so that those people watching actually get to experience that knowing that they're not alone and teaching them this is how you handle it you know so it's a really important um subject matter that i don't think has been brought up enough and the fact that you know i said you could have just protected yourself really isn't protecting anyone at all it it's again it sort of falls under that blanket of um what is perceived to be apathy yeah it's perceived to be you know ignored and um when you have a voice and when you are influential like yourself, it's of the utmost importance um, that you face it the way that you did, because it really does, as we've said for so many years around, around influences to give permission. So now you, you've the amount of, you know, thousands of comments and messages that you've received that, that is all like a permission slip for those people to do the exact same thing on a smaller scale on a larger scale. You just never know what direction it can go. And that's where I believe unity is important. Um, and unfortunately there's so much division that we don't see that there's a lot more unity going on than we think. Well, you said, you said, Megan, you had a, a, the heart for the children. You had a heart, um, started at age 16 when you lost your brother. So then it comes back to how do we protect these kids? There are so much now that kids see or are exposed to via TV, social media, um, even, um, cable, even when you're like us and you're trying to stay on top of everything, like even in the commercials, in the cartoons, I'm like, why mm. would they put that commercial in a children's cartoon? Mm. Because I'm trying to show them Shrek, which we've seen and it's okay. And then there's this evil commercial 30 seconds between Shrek episodes or, and, and, and so unfortunately we can't shelter them like we were maybe sheltered. Like we, we came about those things when we were maybe 16, 17 in a natural way. So let's look at two instances, both real people, one a little bit older than the other. You can jive on whichever one you feel closer to. So I'm going to talk about two women, young girls. Let's talk about Esther and Anne Frank, two people that face tremendous amount of pressure as young people. Esther, now we're teaching our girls at homeschool. She stood up in the face of persecution and she stood because God told her to stand tall. We look at Anne Frank, and I don't know if they're telling this story again in schools, but here's a girl who had to hide with her family and think about the stress. And we want to save kids from that kind of stress and say, just be kids. Have, your only job is to have fun and learn, but we're at a different time. So do either one of those two women resonate with you? Yeah, I've actually been studying um, Esther again because of that feeling, that pull of, okay, I'm called to rise up. But one of the things that I've found is that I'm so drawn to with Esther specifically is um, the, the pace in which she uses her influence because she's very wise and you know, she's not aggressive. She found favor with the Lord and with the King and with really everyone, right? She found favor. And so it wasn't like, um, when, when she thought it, she said it, 
when she felt it, it came, I mean, she was intentional and strategic in the way that she used her wisdom and her influence in favor um, to, to get the right seat at the right table um, is what is really drawing me in, um, trying to find my, my way to go, okay, I want to be able to speak and open up hearts and minds, but I have to operate in a certain um, tone sometimes or operate showing up in, you know, truth wrapped in love, all of these things to be able to even get a seat at the table uh, to have my voice spoken. And so um, just, yeah, sharing that with my girls too, and just kind of finding our place and looking for, you know, Esther didn't do it on her own. She had the Mordecai's in her life. She had the wise people around her. Um, it, it was not this quick process and it was, it was very um, even tempered. And so finding my place in that so that I don't just kind of lose it when I'm triggered, but I like, I can pause and get quiet and say some prayers to make a decision on how I can um, show up and how I can operate, I think um, is so true because we need people to rise up right now in such a way that, that we can be heard. Hmm. It's, it's almost like an Esther time, um, you know, that, that almost speaks to, you know, Ezekiel when in the Valley of Dry Bones, like not only will it free those that were um, persecuted or to be persecuted in Esther, but for those that have fallen asleep or those that um, have, have, you know, are experiencing like a, a spiritual death over this we were able to speak to that valley and, and raise those people back up and bring life back to where they felt they've lost it. And so, um, again, there's just so much at work here and it's just so encouraging, uh, to see you and, and many others that I know that I haven't seen and we haven't seen, but many others utilizing this time. I mean, it's just, I, my heart goes out, out for you. My hat tips to you. Um, it's just such an important, important work. I think yeah. probably, frankly, I mean, we all have lots of work, right? But this is probably one of the most important assignments that we've been given. And we can't, that's an invaluable, invaluable task. And I think that sometimes we don't measure that against the other things that we've done in business and, um, you know, in entrepreneurship and all yeah. things that, that have tangible accolades and monetary reward, like we forget the fact that the most collateral right now that is being built in the kingdom for the kingdom is right now in times that we're not being paid for it, that we have everything to risk yeah. um, and everything to lose. So we have one more question for you. And I love what you just said. We have everything to risk and everything to lose. So Megan, I'm going to read this to you oh, and, and, so much. and take a good. second. And, and so I'm going to read from, from Jeremiah because I feel like he was tasked also, just like Esther, he was tasked with such a, a large, large assignment. And what it says is we have all these laws. Right now, they're calling them mandates, but they're laws. And we spoke earlier about this unwritten law that you don't talk politics and religion. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about all those laws. And if we go to Jeremiah 31, it says he was making this new covenant. And I feel like we're at a time right now where we're at a reset in a good way for a revival and a new covenant. And it says, no longer will I have my laws written on tablets, but it's going to be written on their hearts. Mm -hmm. So let's take that and I'll get your final words on. We all know what the laws are. We all know what the, what the mandates say and what the government's telling us or what the school board's telling us. But then what we're seeing is there's something written on our hearts that we know 
innately that God's putting there that caused you to speak up. And he says, at the end of 34, he says, no longer will I teach thy neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will know me from the least of them to the greatest. So are we knowing in our hearts right now? That's where your lives seem to come from. That's why it sparks such a mm -hmm. ripple effect, mm -hmm. because we're done with the mandates. We're done with the laws. We're done with the unwritten laws about don't speak this in public because we know what's on our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the hard part. It's kind of like, um, the man with the testimony is never at the mercy of a man with an argument, right? Like my life has been shifted and changed and shaped with the Holy spirit showing up in, in mighty ways throughout the last few decades. And I have, uh, an intuition and a trust and I can, try to even operate in man's, you know, way of doing things in operation mode. But when my spirit is like, no, there is like a red flag, there is a stop, there is a, this is not okay thing. I have to lean in and trust that. Now, does that mean like I immediately No, it means like sift it through the word, sift it through some wise counsel, sift it through the peace of God. But once you are aligned with that, like you just know that every fiber of your being that has been knit together from your mother's womb, like every fiber of your being stands on its end and is like, no, you have to honor that, right? And I, I wear my one life shirt, like as my reminder, cause I learned that so young, right? Like I get one shot at this, there's no practice run. I get one, I get one voice. And you know what, at the end of it all, I have one judgment and it's not gonna be the judgment from people sitting, you know, you know, courageously behind their computer criticizing me. It is the judgment of the one that created me and made me the way that I am and said, how did you use your talents, your resources, your energy? How did you use it? What did you do with it? Did you bury it in the sand? Did you hide under a rock? No, right? You are supposed to have a life that is full of lasting fruit, which comes from abiding in him, which is how I know when I abide in him and every fiber of my being stands on in and says, no, that I have to trust that. And I have to honor that. And um, there's a mantra. I have it in my book. I kind of, I have it literally, I'm looking at it. I look at it every day. It's right behind my computer. I'd love to read that for you. Um, oh, that's okay. um, and it's, it's been what's like, I've just placed underneath me. It's from um, house of belonging, but it says this, you were born to blaze new trails, pioneer great adventures, reclaim new territory, take daring risks. You were born to tell an original story, be God strong and foolishly courageous. Let faith, not fear, be your compass. Truth, not lies, be your guide. Always remember to give God room to prove himself faithful. You were born for such a time as this. Hmm. Oh, it's so good. That is beautiful. <laughs> and, and I was even going to tell you that it was funny because I'm thinking as we get to wrap up here, I'm like, Megan, you were born for a time such as this, just like I believe Angelique and so many other strong women and men. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then we say to ourselves, look, I love it. This is we have one life. This is not a practice run. Yes, the afterlife will be better than this. But let's for, for my children. Right. We always say, look, if it were just me. I would handle this probably differently. But those children, even though they're going to the same place we're going, they deserve the same things we deserve. And that's where my heart lies for them. Megan, I just want to um, honor you and say thank you so much for uh, not just being here and speaking life in, to David and I and to our listeners, but for the many that you're speaking into uh, from your platform and that are going to reach 
those through, uh, you know, second degrees of separation, third and fourth and fifth and sixth. Like that's the point of all of this is, is that is the blazing of the new territories. It, it is the, the declarations. It is the, the things that are going to change as a result of you owning and taking, um, complete accountability for the the time that you have been born for the time that you have been created for the uh, you know the the parts of your inward um that were in your mother's womb that were knitted together by the lord's hands you know the number of hairs on your head like all of those things have been created for this time and it's just it's such a beautiful thing to watch um and more so it's more beautiful to see how it sows into the next generation and the people um, that this will fall on the ears upon and on those that will yet to come as a result of your work. So thank you so much yes. for, for doing what you're doing and um, for showing up the way that you've shown up. We're just grateful. And you've certainly turned us on today. I'm certain oh, absolutely. it has for so, our audience. And I want to know where people can find your book and yeah. where they can find you. Yep. So uh, probably easiest on Instagram, just Megan, M-E-G-A-N, Valentine one. And then um, my, everything's kind of linked there, but you can go and find no place like known on Amazon. Um, I have a dream chasing guide that helps people kind of get clear on what they want and what they're going for in life. And um, a, a group for women, I think there's about a little over 11,000 women in our We Are Team Brave group. And I don't know about you, but if you need a little bit of uh, bravery these days, build your brave, uh, come build your brave with us because we're doing it together. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear from you and, and be, be there just cheering you on in, in a corner. Thank you so much, Megan. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, listeners. Thank you again, Megan, for being here with us. Yeah, share this episode. It was powerful. Thanks for having me.